Um, hi, welcome everyone. Happy Thursday night to everybody. Um, oh no, I guess I shouldn't say that. He always yells at me when I do those kinds of, well, no, he doesn't always yell at me anyway. <laughs> hi, Lexi. Hello. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> tonight we also have, um, my dear friend, Amy joining us. Um, you say hello. Hello everyone. And you want to I tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Maybe I, while you're here. <laughs> Amy, I am a friend of Katrina's from Cohasset, Massachusetts. And mm -hmm. if that rings any bells, I live exactly because I mapped it for Katrina last yesterday, 2.3 <laughs> miles from the How much is that again? Of a 2.3 miles, six 2. minutes. 2.3 miles. <laughs> um, from the scene of where Anna Walsh was last seen at her home in Cohasset, Massachusetts. Yes. And Amy is also um, sort of a, a little bit of a subject matter expert on the case. So she's going to come talk to us. She's talking to us, uh, you know, with, with all of that, as well as all of the local knowledge and the local flavor that she's going to add. We are going to talk today about the um, Anna Walsh case, which is, you might know as the uh, Massachusetts mom that was missing and her husband Brian was just recently arraigned for um his for for uh murder um they do not have the body they have not found her but they have found significant amounts of evidence he was arraigned just recently just the other day and during that arraignment there was all of this the probable cause for his arrest was read out by the prosecutor and it's insane and there's so much stuff in here so we're going to go over all of that we're going to get you all up to speed who is Anna Walsh who is Brian um Brian was already in jail when they arrested him why was he already in jail because he had this part in this art heist thing some fraudulent art scheme so we've got that whole background there's this story is bananas and we are only scratching the surface. So we're here to bring it to you. Um, so we're going to start with um, Amy, tell us who is Anna Walsh. So interestingly enough, um, Anna Walsh is really kind of a mystery, despite the fact that she moved to Cohasset, Massachusetts in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. Um I have lived here off and on for my entire life, born and raised, and I know a lot of people. Um, I know a very few amount of people who knew who had ever even laid eyes on her. Um, but Anna Walsh um, was an, um, an immigrant from Serbia, married to Brian. They had three boys aged um, two, four, and six. Um, she most recently took a job working full-time for a real estate company in Washington, DC, where she was commuting back and forth. Um, they Which, can we just say commuting back and forth from Massachusetts to DC? I mean, Lexi and I both live here in the yeah, area. She's got to be making great money if she's doing that. So initially I had a lot of thoughts and opinions on that. And <laughs> I then realized that maybe those are just thoughts and opinions. And I am the last person who should be commenting on someone else's <laughs> personal life because I live a very unconventional personal life as well with my family, where we have an apartment and a, and a home. And I was so judgmental. And then here I am in my apartment with talking to my husband on the phone, who's in our house, <laughs> both watching on different TVs. And I'm like, who am I to judge this situation? <laughs> you kind of never know right. what's going on. And once you dig deeper into what's going on with him, it, the story starts to 
to form. It makes sense about why she's not wanting to spend the week with him. Okay. Well, and I would say I've been living under a rock. So this is like, I've seen it, but I haven't, I don't know all the details. So I'm really excited to hear everything that you guys have, you know. So yeah, essentially she started, she, um, Immigrated to this com- country, first of all, and went to Cornell um, School of Management and started off in the hotel industry and worked her way up there and m- ended up meeting Brian in Lenox, Massachusetts, when she was working at a hotel there. Um, but she recently, um, as early as 2020, or as recently as 2020, moved into the real estate space and then took a pretty good job, I guess, with um, a company in DC and was commuting, which didn't really make sense until you learn all the backstory of he doesn't have a job and he is on house arrest and (laughs) he's being indicted on a federal crime, um, which is a whole story when we get into him, which is completely unrelated to totally unrelated to this, although maybe it is a little bit related because it's all kind of obviously tied together. And, um, so he's the common yeah, denominator see, from so. her social media. She, she appears, she's a beautiful woman who appears to be, um, and a phenomenal employee friend. It sounds like she's got her a great life, a great job. Um, very well respected. Um, and just an interesting setup, you know, unconventional life where she's commuting to DC for work and leaving her three children and her husband behind um, to go to school and live here in Massachusetts. Um, she recently sold their family home um, that that closed mid-March. Um, and that was in there in Cohasset as well? In Cohasset. Um, they sold that home. She bought a condo. So took the money she made out of that home, bought a condo in DC um, so she owned the home. Interestingly, was listed only in her name, not in his name. Too, the home sold. I looked at the deed. I researched everything in the town ledger. Home was in her name. I think she bought it for around eight hundred thousand and sold it for one point three. Maybe don't quote me on those numbers. Then took that money and bought a condo in DC, also for about one point three million dollars. Also only in her name. Hmm. Um, he then moved, or they moved to a rental property, which his mother paid the rent on his mother was paying their rent in this town so that they sold their house and moved into a rental property here that her um, mom was paying or his, his mom, mother his, his mother, mother. were they in him? some sort of financial you know troubles or yeah, it would appear so yeah. yes. <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean that, you know. was this before or after mom had a stroke this was kind of all around the same time okay um, got it okay the, Seemed like so her so we'll back up a little bit yeah. just to give some fill in the details. There's so many different details to this. Yeah. But um back in was it 2018, he um got in a little trouble for some art fraud. And this is the beginning of when you kind of dig into him. When I saw missing, my wife is missing all over Facebook. The first thing I did was I read through her profile, found the name of her husband, Googled him, and I was like, Oh boy, this is going to get interesting. And then you went um, down the rabbit hole. And-, and the first thing that comes up is that he has been indicted on federal, um, for federal crimes for art theft. Um, he apparently um, believed, he believed in his mind that he was this really successful art dealer. Um, and he was a con man. He apparently swindled a friend out of um, to Andy Warhol's convinced him that he could sell them um, 
for more money and essentially did he created fakes out of those don't quote me on all these details because i a lot of them i've gotten from reddit um who knows all you know the you truth we don't all know the we don't know for story sure. is generally the, some of these details like yeah they're not independently confirmed yet we haven't correct. you know it's really early so there were a couple different digging. things that happened with the warhols um and essentially he tried to sell them to a warhol gallery in california on ebay then he took the deal off of ebay and said let's you know avoid the ebay fees i'm going to sell the i we agreed on 100 grand but let's sell them for 80 and we'll avoid the fees i don't know 20 grand in fees to ebay seems pretty high so already red flag but um the P, the gallery in California got the pieces and realizes that they were not originals that where they anticipated that they would have the stamp on them when they pull, pulled back the frames they realized they had gotten conned and they were fakes um also he never paid his friend for those warhols he sold them to two different people um there was just a lot of fraud and conning going on there um and when you dig deeper into his background it seems to be a consistent story i don't know that he's ever really had a true job um <laughs> if you looked on his linkedin um his most recent jobs are kind of dead ends there's no websites they're not really companies it's kind of like he's self-employed and he's a life coach which is all a bunch of he's hot air things yeah the life coach, life coach right <laughs> content um, creator like <laughs> <laughs> God. With really wow. no paper now, trail. Or... The whole art story, I realize that this is a whole separate like trail, but like there's so much about the art story that fascinates me because it's like, well, did they didn't do did the gallery not do their due diligence on like the provenance of the pieces and and like all of that? If they when they got the pieces, they found things that were made it indicate, you know, were very clearly indica indicative of the not being originals, like how did the, this transaction happen if they're a legitimate deal? Like, well, not only that, but how did he think he was going to get away with it? That's my That's thing. The I mean, I you guess he's I mean? a sociopath. Like, and right. so apparently he has been, and this is all Reddit, you know, my Reddit research, he has been at, at, at one point was institutionalized for and diagnosed as a sociopath. Mm, um, he definitely comes from, he never finished college. I think at that, at one point while he was in college, he ended up going away to some sort of treatment. Um, he's definitely struggled um, and definitely has some, you know, real <laughs> um Issues with the truth. Let's just clearly say. he has a very casual um, relationship with the truth. It casual, appears. very casual yeah. relationship. With the okay, truth. okay, and, excellent. Um, I can't. The I have so many questions, but I know you're going to get to them, so I'm going to let you. <laughs> I'm going to let you do that. Oh, so many questions. So I mean, I think the biggest, like, back to the question of who was Anna Walsh. I think the reality is she had some some close friends and it seems to me from the research that I've done that her close friends none of them really knew each other which is an interesting dynamic network right like mm -hmm. um there's not a group of people coming forward and saying this is she was our you know she was the center of our circle and she, she mm -hmm. just seemed kind of to be an independent contractor and obviously she was an immigrant she moved here and she was a hard worker mm -hmm. and she worked her way up how old how was she, she when she moved here again as an adult college or? college, college. So okay okay 38 so she's been here quite a while and this was not her first marriage she was married previously to a chef 
from that hotel out in Lenox, Massachusetts. Um, and it is unclear if that marriage was a green card arrangement or what it seemed to be kind of a casual. Oh, for her relationship. For her, um, oh. and there are pictures on her Instagram of she and Brian visiting that chef's restaurant. So after she had been divorced from him and with oh, Brian, so that so interesting could dynamic have, could have been a friendship that helped her get her green card well, and get her. We Lexi and I are the ninety day fiance experts, so <laughs> we right. can go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> So there That's seems to be a little, yeah, yeah. there seems to be a little bit of that um mixed in here as well. Um this it's a little bit blurred as to when she met Brian, she was still married to him, although she declared that it was love at first sight when she saw him. He was the love of her life. This but was Brian all written was. in this Brian and this was all written in a statement to the judge while he was trying to negotiate and lessen his sentence for the fraud. right so she the wife wrote mm -hmm. this on a she this. went missing to Correct. try to help lessen his sentence in the art fraud in case. the art fraud yes so we don't know how true it is or if she's just writing for the audience of one of the judge or if it was legitimately true correct yeah to answer your question i don't know anyone who knew her i do have a friend that lived next door and never saw her, never met her, um, knew Brian from but the bus stop. Yeah, I was going to say, but in contrast, they did know Brian. Brian was the did bus know stop Brian. dad. Um, from what I had heard, they did never had a nanny. Brian was this caretaker for those kids and his okay. mother helped as well. Um, he was at the bus stop. He he was the one that was around. He was the one that would call babysitters. Um, I had heard, you know, another friend said to me who also lives lived in that neighborhood said that, you know, they had run into him at the bus stop and he was like, oh, I'm going to call your kids to babysit. But then she never heard so from him. So this house where, is this the house that they recently sold or is this the rental house with mom? The house where they, that they recently sold. Okay. Can you tell tell me what this neighborhood is like? Is it like a... Is it big fancy or is it like middle class or is it like upper middle class? Like, what are we looking? What are we um, kind of neighborhood? Jerusalem Road and Cohasset, Massachusetts is, you know, millionaire mile. So it's one beautiful, it's all on the ocean. It's one beautiful house after the next. They lived in a, they renovated it. They kind of flipped it. Um, but it was a three bedroom ranch that in the in the midst of all of this um and so they bought it for like 800,000 all the houses around it are at least 2 3 4 5 million dollars okay. okay okay so definitely a great investment buy the worst house in the block and you know flip it turn it got around it. And make it got nice. it um no definitely high end okay okay every time you pull out of wherever you live on that street you're just confronted with a beautiful coastal seashore rocky seashore a lighthouse out in the distance i mean it's it's gorgeous i always wonder what you can tell about a murderer or suspect or something from where they live because especially with somebody like this who as we're, we're starting to learn kind of put on a front for people you know as mm -hmm. this supreme art dealer and all this stuff but he really wasn't 
like this are they putting you know this putting on this front are they trying to to be somebody there is he trying to be somebody he's not like was it her her decision did she want to be there you know what was the dynamic and these are questions of course you know i don't know that we're ever going to get answered but what was the dynamic between them was the uh, the house in millionaire mile to flip it like was it her idea because she's in real estate oh let's flip it that's a good investment because you know hey yeah good investment or was it him trying to keep up with the joneses and you know, was there underlying financial issues that they really couldn't afford it? You know, it's just, I'm always, that fascinates me. Fascinating. And if you look at through her Instagram, um, there's definitely an image of wealth that's been portrayed. Okay. Um, well, there, there have been articles written up in the Boston Globe about, there was one article written about him, how he was this up and coming art dealer. And he went out to one of the finest restaurants in Boston for dinner one year for his birthday and ordered every single top bottle of wine that was from his birth year. I mean, it could have had to have cost many, many thousands of dollars, which she probably paid for. <laughs> just for show, you know, um, her Instagram pictures were very much selfies always would show her steering wheel. You know, if you're familiar with those kind of sel mm -hmm. selfies, you, you know, it's a Mercedes and then it's, yeah, well, it's the wedding ring with the Mercedes logo or there was a, Maserati I just got my nails done. Yes. I'm going <laughs> to take a picture really of my bare, my bare nails, no ring on my Prius. Yeah. <laughs> snap, snap. Yeah. So there was a lot of that. There were a lot of fancy high-end designer bags, um, a lot of traveling. Um, so, so it's very curated. The Instagram is very, very curated. curated. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like Lexi's where she's showing like her kid running around with dirt and the dog and mud and the house <laughs> no and bloody noses and things like that. Real life. <laughs> hashtag real life. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is that one of the only pictures in her feed that was not really curated, which ha was hashtag real life, was there was a picture of her self to her eye was all bruised. And um, it was she said she tripped and fell on marble. And it said like hashtag, uh, hashtag real life or I, I don't have it up, but um, but the comment had been edited and the comment had been edited close to around when she wrote that letter on his behalf to the court. Oh, and it seemed like there was something maybe being covered up there. Um, mm. And so there are a lot of other people digging around on Reddit. And I'd listened to a couple other podcasts on this case and um, domestic abuse advice, uh, survivors have kind of all come forward and said, this really is a cast could be a classic case of domestic violence and domestic abuse and the okay. cover up and the facade. Um, right. That's all. all. That's, I, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I think when I'm talking about this facade of this millionaire life mm -hmm. and I got to put this this vision of who I am. I'm this, this art dealer and I'm this fancy and I'm ordering all this fancy wine because money's no object. But then the person who's bringing home the money, he goes home and beats at the end of the day. Well, he's not even bringing home the money. That's the no, that's what I'm saying. Thing. Like the, she's yeah. bringing home the money. And he's she's bringing up home the money. Yes. Yeah. So she's paying so, and yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, again, this is, this is not fact you guys we're just we're speculating we're based speculating. on the information that's out there well this all is i know fact. is like the little bit i saw of him walking out of i think it was 
the corner. I don't know where he was, but he was walking. He had like a smile on his face, a smirk. Walking at the police station. Yeah, and he had this like overall persona of like this narcissist. I could tell right away, just a very narcissistic, egotistical, holier than thou, like kind of persona. Smarter than everybody else. Absolutely, yeah. Uh And that was before he was arrested or anything or i guess he was just arrested at that point only for um the giving false information oh right information or yeah impeding the investigation or whatever because he didn't so they were holding him with that while they were finishing up their correct investigation to then be able to well let's let's get into that then so so we're there like the timeline of this right so um, because he was arrested initially after he he was already dealing with this art fraud, <laughs> unrelated art fraud. They arrested him for impeding the investigation because he gave false information to the police. And this thus starts our timeline. So, so the timeline starts, essentially, it's not until January 4th, 4th that anyone reports her missing. And the Cohasset... Police department did in their initial press conference say that both Brian and her company in Washington, D.C. reported her missing on the 4th. When you look back into the police logs, it was not Brian who reported her missing. It was her company in D.C. called the Cohasset Police to have them do a wellness check on her. Because, because she didn't she show up to work. Shown up to work and they did a wellness check on her condo in D.C. Her car was in the driveway. No one was home. And um, she never got on that plane. Is they they well, found that too, right? Correct. And she was supposed to fly on the third. And I don't okay. think they'd even done that far. They'd gone that far. They just wanted to see if she was at home. Mm-hmm. Hadn't heard from Brian. Um, so he so then so that's the fourth. Then on the fifth, it kind of hits Facebook and they put out like a missing person alert on the fifth. Um, and the story is that she was supposed to leave early in the morning to catch a 6 a.m. flight to Washington, D.C., um, and she left in it in some sort of ride share. Um, and now someone, they've confirmed that she did get into the ride share? No. So no. that was the okay. whole thing. So the police said, well, sometimes even people who drive Uber and Lyft have they have frequent customers and sometimes those negotiations are made behind the scenes, not through the app. So it's Uber, Lyft, ride shares had no trace of it. But at that point, they were kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt saying, well, maybe she contacted a driver separately and did a private negotiation. Although there was no footage of any car coming to pick her up. There was like, she disappeared into thin air. Um, And they kept saying in the press release at on that day, um, a family member saw her before she left at 4:30 in the morning. Who's a and family the, member? Correct. And the police that well, the police they said, well, who saw her? Brian. And they kept saying a family member. Okay. Um, that has not been clarified. At so this they have point. not. They've they're withholding that information. That's interesting. Correct. That is Correct. interesting because there's specific, you know, they the cops are specifically withholding specific information for a reason. Correct. Yeah. They're yes. not releasing that for mm, that's so that was the first press release. Um and somebody was- saw her at 4 30 a.m. at her condo. Correct. And okay. so the interesting thing is, so I'm in a town of seven thousand people. This is, I mean, these police, their biggest night 
is like a traffic violation. This is not, <laughs> this is so far out of their wheelhouse that it's just ridiculous. It's a very kind of affluent town, quiet, sleepy seaside town. There's not a lot happening here. Um, so in the press release, the other interesting thing is that the officer, God love him, kept saying, you know, maybe she just needed a break. You know, the holiday season, three young kids working hard in DC. Maybe she just needed a break. Like she was off at a spa or something. You know what I mean? Like why, why, okay. why do old white men do this? Why do they do this? They always assume, oh, she just wanted a break or right. she ran off with another man. Like, listen, we need breaks, but that doesn't mean we're going to leave our kids behind and actually take a break because that's exactly. not going to happen. <laughs> we're not leaving our children behind. It's not happening. So that was kind of crazy. The other thing they disclosed was that her initial flight was not until the third. Um, she was supposed to fly it on the third and the story the police got from Brian, mm -hmm. once they contacted him after her company called looking for her, they contacted him and he was like, well, it wasn't unusual that we would go a couple of days without speaking to each other. We were both busy, but she was initially supposed to fly out on the third. She told me on New Year's Eve that she needed to go early. There was a work emergency, which doesn't add up because she's a property manager. And if there's a work emergency, why do you need the one person who lives in Boston to come fix a plumbing issue or whatever it whatever is. Whatever the issue was. Boots on the ground yeah. in, in DC. It just doesn't seem, that doesn't really add up. Yeah. Um. So there was no flight book. They checked with all the airlines. There was no um, Anna Walsh that flew out on the first. So that was the first. That's big... the first lie that he he was, well, not the first well, lie. The Uber. But <laughs> or the ride share that never came. Mm -hmm. Um. The flight. You know, so they had to check and it was, I mean, we were in the middle of the Southwest meltdown. I mean, there yes. was a lot going on with um, flights over the holidays. So there was, right. a, you know, and so the weather bit, and just the delay of getting all that information. And um, the FAA had the ground, the ground, everything, yeah. the inf information system, right? So and whatever. Flying was a mess for flying a was a mess. Half, two weeks. So that information was a little, you know, took longer than they had hoped to get that information back. But, um, I mean, the other crazy thing is like, who leaves at 4 a.m. on New Year's Day to go to the airport without booking, rebooking your flight? Like, we all have the Delta app. It takes two seconds to change a flight. Like, you wouldn't get in a car to go to the airport having not just quickly put yourself on another flight. So what, so she was scheduled to fly on the third but he's saying oh she had to fly on the first because she was it was some work emergency correct and they were able to find that she her name was booked she did have a booking on the third or no she did have a booking on the third it was never she, changed to the it first. was never changed to the yep. first never so the other thing about that night um for the timeline is that they did have a friend over for a five course meal that Brian cooked and served. It was their friend named Jem, who was also in real estate, who apparently had met Brian at some like self-help seminar or something. Um, oh, that's a whole new angle. <laughs> he's a life seminar. coach. He's a life coach. Katrina. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. He's um, not going there for to get help. He's trying to give help. Well, Never I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was giving him receiving. Who knows? Um, that whole know, this world. guy's already this guy's already creep creep radar yeah. 
hundred percent. So, so the friend was at dinner. The friend left sometime between uh, one and one thirty in the morning. The friend did confirm that he had been there as far as he knew that Anna was leaving for DC in the morning. So this but was New Year's Eve to New Year's Day. New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah. So at this point, the Cohasset police are in charge of the investigation. They think she's off maybe um, at a spa or maybe, who knows? <laughs> she just needed a break. Mm -hmm. um, but the good news is, is that they turned it around pretty quickly. I think the minute they saw him smirk coming out of that, the officer did say today, I heard an interview with him. Um, he said, when we saw his smirk coming out of our station, um, we knew like we, it, that there, was just full court, yeah, yeah. court press to like figure this thing out. Like Ugh. there was no denying. Like that he, he just makes the, yeah, you know, the hair on the back of your neck stand mm -hmm. up and just, oh, just through the TV screen he does. Yep. Okay. So, so then the police are starting to think, okay, wait, maybe she's not at a spa. Correct. Um, and then, so at this point, so our town is really small. It's like six miles start to like end to end. So it's not big. And, um, oh, the, the next crazy thing is this is on Friday. The house that they just sold on March 17th, I think they closed 2022 is on fire. Hmm. she's missing and the house they just sold is on fire up in flames oh so could be burning evidence correct so at this I point way too much it's true okay, crime so, right well <laughs> the armchair detectives all over reddit have can they're convinced she's a serbian spy and <laughs> um she fled the country on a different with a different passport. Obviously, there's no trace of her. She's a spy. She left with a different passport. <laughs> so that's that's the running theory right now. Oh, it's nuts. Um, but the house goes up in flames, which turned out to be an absolute and utter coincidence, but the creepiest and weirdest thing ever. Um, and so all that day, I'm getting texts. So I'm getting texts from people that are like, Oh my gosh, the FBI is in my friend's backyard. My friend's backyard backs up to the house that they're renting. And there are agents everywhere combing the woods. And like, this is nuts. There are dogs everywhere. And then, like, oh my God, their former house is on fire. Like, what? This is the what craziest. Is <laughs> what is happening? Um, police news reporters everywhere cameras in everyone's face i mean it was really nuts you could not move in this town without wow. a camera in your face um so that was interesting but turned out to be a big nothing burger like an absolute coincidence did they say what was the cause of the fire or why they there were had been an electrical out? something to do with the gas fireplace malfunctioning and there was a it caused a fire in the attic um, wow. And that poor young family lost almost everything in that fire. And it just happened. The family who bought the house. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. So that was insanity. Um, people were trying to connect them. Um, 
the new I can totally see why because I would I automatically want to connect him too but I just feel like at this point there's just not enough like actual factual evidence out there yet about that kind of stuff maybe it turns out no I mean so then some people were like well Anna was friends with the wife the new buyer on Facebook they must have known each other then I thought it was like well I'm friends with the person I bought this house from on Facebook because you become friendly if you have a nice transaction and we bought a bunch of stuff from them like I became friendly with her and I'm friends with her on Facebook so not so weird when you yeah that doesn't seem weird to me um yeah. So that was the, uh, one of the other crazy things that happened early on, like within the first 24 hours of this investigation. Wow. So the police are then investigating the fires. Does the fire have anything to do with the disappearance and what's behind? So that was the, that was absolutely insane. And then of course, yeah. then there's the police are announcing, like, I don't think there's a correlation and the public is going bananas. Right. Correlation. There has to be a correlation. Turns out there was no correlation. It was absolutely a coincidence but weird, definitely weird as strange. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So at what point do they decide that she's not on the spa vacation and that he in fact may be a suspect? So he is on house arrest. He's got an ankle bracelet. <laughs> Come to find out the world has learned or the country has learned that not all ankle bracelets have GPS trackers on them. And we've learned that because Brian Walsh's did not have GPS tracking on it, which is what's crazy the point to me. Exactly. What well, is ha- the point? That's a whole nother argument about these, you know, like, what do you call them? I'm so tired. Oh, Anklet. Um, house <laughs> arrest. House <laughs> arrest <laughs> monitors. Yeah. Monitor. That's the exactly. Word. I'm like, I drank my coffee. Um, but no, there's so many crimes that have been committed while people have been wearing them. And there's a lot of studies and statistics show that they're not accurate and the people behind it are not like thoroughly following up, whether it be like PO officers or just like whoever needs to be checking in on the devices are not doing their jobs. And that's like nationwide. So I don't know. That's a whole okay, other topic, great. but yeah. Well, that sounds like a whole other topic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> other podcast. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. A whole other so, episode. So then what they started looking into is, so he was only allowed to leave his house in the evenings, I think, to get his kid from three to eight. Did he know his things didn't have geographic tracking? I'm sure he did. Um, But also, ironically, his phone was missing. His, His kid hid his phone, so he didn't have access to his phone. So when he left the house on New Year's Day to go visit his mother and do the errands that he, well, he said he did went to Walgreens and a couple other places that he never actually went to. Oh, cause they um, said, he yeah, was, he never actually, the video, the surveillance shows correct. that he, he didn't, didn't have actually- his phone with him because his, one of his kids had hidden his quote unquote, hidden his phone. Um, and the New York post said that this guy is dumb as dirt. I think that's like the only thing he did <laughs> that was not <laughs> dumb as dirt was not take his phone with him. <laughs> on doing his errands whatever errands he was doing the errand, so he the told murderer. police that the day she went missing he went to so he left stores. the house at three so he was authorized to leave the house at three to go get his kids from school but of course it was a holiday his kids didn't have school he took the liberty to still leave at three he said he went to visit his mother and the reason it took so long was because he got lost because <laughs> he didn't have his phone where in his mom's go. house? God, <laughs> in the same town? Not in the same town. She oh. lives about an hour and fifteen minutes away. 
but I'm sure his six-year-old could get to his grandmother's house without sure. getting lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh he quote unquote God. got lost. So how did they know how long he was gone? I think the monitor does tell when he's away from the house. Okay. I don't think it, it doesn't tells say where it's going. Doesn't okay. say where he's going, but it does indicate when he's left the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. Um, All right. So <laughs> he goes on his errands to go visit his mother. He says that he was doing grocery shopping for her and going getting a prescription for her. He is not seen on um any surveillance at Walgreens or Whole Foods or where he said he was going to be. However, he was seen on surveillance um, rooting around her um, trash bins. Um, They saw him on surveillance dumping trash bags into surrounding houses. Massive in where his mother lives. Um, Not locally here. So like like I said, it's about an hour and 15 minutes north. Okay. um, In her complex. And so they did catch him on surveillance there. They also caught him on, so that was on the first, they caught him on surveillance there. Um, and then on the second, he said he was taking his kid out for quote unquote ice cream, which he is on surveillance at a local like juice bar smoothie shop. It is for sure not ice cream. It is like a health juice bar, but whatever semantics he did go there. <laughs> But while he was out, he also swung by Home Depot and he is seen on camera wearing a black surgical mask and surgical gloves, purchasing $450 worth of um, his kill kit. His kill was, kit. He, so at the smoothie place, did he have on a mask or anything? I or do not he, know. I don't Because that would know. be interesting if he knew he was buying something bad. So he's going to hide right. his identity and fingerprints. I don't Didn't, know. That is or was he really scared thing. of COVID? Was it COVID or just being scared of? identified yeah identification so um okay yeah so and we'll get into what he bought at at home depot i guess whenever it makes sense in your storytelling so this is the timeline like as it unfolded to the public from the police and then we're going to go back and like (laughs) talk about what really happened so this is like kind of what he's portraying yes this is the outward the outward story. At this point, he's still a free man. As we're talking now, the police think she's maybe at a spa and taking a break. And he's out, you know, catering to his mother and doing her errands and going to Whole Foods and getting his kids smoothies. Um, and so, but the police are struggling behind this. doing any of those things. Right. They're, they've got him on surveillance. They, they um, are kind of looking all over the place and they catch him on surveillance. They then realize that he's not this is where they catch him in the loophole he's not where he said he was on and the they first. go ah okay and then on the second so then um and then when they question him about where why weren't you how why did it take so long to drive to your mother's house well then he says he got lost and then he said he went to walgreens and there's he's not at walgreens and then they're like okay there's we got something here so we've got this huge block of time where yes. he's admittedly now they know he's not He's this big Correct. open block of time where he's not where he says he was. We don't know where he is, what he did, but we know at the end of that time or at some point during this, he was dumping trash bags full of trash in not his mom's trash can, but the, his, her mom's neighbor, his mom's neighbor's trash. Cans. Correct. Then hmm, they look into where he was on the second. So that's on the first. And then on the second, they, um, he says that he's, got ice cream for his kid he was at a juice park where he was and then they 
have him on surveillance at a Home Depot in Rockland, Massachusetts, which is not too far from the juice bar, probably, you know, maybe four miles, three, three or four miles from that juice bar. Um, and they also have him on surveillance at other um, trash, like bins, um, dumpsters. Oh, dumpsters, right. In and around right. those surrounding towns, really kind of spreading it out. Um, and so they catch him on surveillance at Home Depot buying $450 worth of cleaning supplies with cash. $450 worth of cleaning supplies? Worth of cleaning supplies. Wow. With cash. With cash. And what do we want to talk about what he bought now? Or do we want you want so to talk did about not to disclose what he bought? So that's the, okay. so then they kind of leave they have leaving us breadcrumbs, right? Okay. The public is getting breadcrumbs and they're still talking all the conspiracy theories. So okay. now we know he's cleaning supplies and everyone's kind of he's smiled, he's um looks creepy, he's buying <laughs> cleaning supplies, and everyone's like, Well, it's always the husband, right? I right. Mean, at this point. And then people are like, but maybe she's a spy, you know, like they're still living the house burned down. And is, you know, is now, is that just because she's an immigrant? Is that a little like, I don't know. I mean, is no, she was working in Washington, DC. So I do give them that. So you're okay. So it's not just like this, like, oh, you're, or maybe she worked for the CIA, you know, who knows? She's got a front where she's commuting to DC for this job in commercial real estate, but maybe she's not really doing right. that. You know, we, you know, okay. It was the fair right. speculation. Okay. I, All right. More than just the fact that she's an immigrant. Okay. Correct. Um, <laughs> the DC thing was kind of, yeah, another, I guess that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, forget about that since I, you know, we live, we live there. here. So it's normal. Yeah. Um, like my so grandma. Anyway, so now to, so I get it. Hey, fraudcasters. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge. I know I've always had problems with it, whether it was the fit or the quality. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims, the maker of my perfect t-shirt bra. Now I have the perfect t-shirt to go with that bra. From either crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. My cotton jersey t-shirt is now a wardrobe staple for me. I reach for it almost every day and the fit is so perfect because it snatches me right in at the waist. I've washed it a million times and it's held its shape really well. It fits like a dream. I absolutely love it. And honestly, you guys, I thought like, okay, this shirt is going to be too small for me and it's not going to fit right and all the bulges are going to show but it doesn't at all. I put it on and it magically stretches to fit me perfectly and it holds all those bulges in. Every little but last bulge that I have is all held in and it looks fantastic. I absolutely love it and it's super, super comfortable and it is, it is one of my new favorite t-shirts. You can shop the Skims t-shirt collection at skims.com, now available in sizes extra, extra small up to 4X. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu. So then, um, and then we get to the, not much happened on the third. And then the fourth is when the company finally calls and does a wellness check on her and she's reported missing. And so for all that time, Brian's had time to figure out what the hell to do. And clean up um, his evidence and things like that. Clean up how, his evidence. How old are her her boys again? Two, four, and six. 
Okay. I'm just curious to know if they were, uh, the six-year-old could probably communicate. A lot of questions. Well, that's what, like when they're saying Uh, a a family member saw her, I'm like, was it a kid? Was right. it one of the kids that then they're not, you know, because obviously the no one else was there. At first they thought people thought maybe it was his mother because maybe she was the guest that was there on New Year's Eve. And it turns out it was not her. She was not there. She was at her house an hour and 15 minutes away. So then that brings us to in the timeline um, on Friday was the press conference. Friday morning was the the um, sixth was the press conference, um, and then that brings us to Sunday the eighth, um, where it comes out that he is um, getting taken in on charges of impeding the investigation. Right, um, and then with an arraignment on Monday morning, at the- which point they that charged him with the murder as well. No, not the murder. At this point, we're still, he's getting charged just with interfering just, oh, okay. with the investigation. Okay. Um, and then it was a full, a full week and a day. That was on the 9th. And then it was just on Tuesday that it, that yeah. they charged him with murder. And then the arraignment was yesterday morning, the Wednesday, the 18th. So there's been a lot of time to speculate, like <laughs> what is going on? Um, but yeah, so then that brings us now to like, we're kind of all caught up with what he said happened. Right. No, <laughs> what he said happened. And, like, what really happened in the timeline. And in the, so in this time period that he's telling, this is the front, this is what we're hearing behind the scenes, the police are doing this investigating still. So they've decided Correct. she's not at the spa. This husband's a little creeper. And they go and do some investigating and I see, you know, he's lying and all this stuff. At what point do we know that he was arrested then for the murder as well? Or they, is that like the the second arraignment? uh, Tuesday, the 17th. Okay. So it was a full week. And in that week, they did go back into their house and collected evidence. And then they did tell us at the time they found a bloody knife, um, there was blood on the basement floor. There was definitely, they were giving breadcrumbs that she was no longer with us. It was okay. not looking good. And we're okay. waiting on the DNA results. Is that what, like to see Correct. who that belongs to? Okay. They were taking um, blood samples from the kids to get matching DNA on that blood. Um, and the, they were combing all of those um, trash bins. What's funny thing about the trash was uh, it had apparently been taken out in right. the time but then the cops were able to track it down where it went to where some of it went to like i guess some of it had gotten incinerated but they were able right. to track down some of it to a dump or wherever a landfill or wherever and they were able to go through it which was just nutty to me that they were and able they to found do that. her covid vaccination card they found her wallet they found a piece of her necklace um they found her shoes wow yeah in the trash bags that they recovered from yes yep this guy is an idiot first of all let's just (laughs) throw that out there on every level dumb as dirt yeah idiot hockey is shit dumb as dirt oh my god okay so then we'll go so then at the arraignment on tuesday no what day wednesday um just a couple days ago yesterday um, is when they listed 
his Google search, what they found when they got possession of his, it was actually his kid's iPad. That is right. So his excuse was, as you already said, he lost his phone. So he needed his kid's iPad. And um, I'm going to pull up this clip actually. At 4.55 AM on January 1st, he searched how long before a body starts to smell. At 4.58 AM, how to stop a body from decomposing. At 5.20 a.m., he searched how to embalm a body. At 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose dispose of a dead body if you really need to. Yeah, so that's quite the laundry list, of, and that's not even all of them. Um, but also, Amy, if you could um, translate some of the uh, Boston accent for us <laughs> of what all of those searches were. Okay, so the first search he did was ironically on December 27th. And his search was, what's the best state for to divorce for a man? So this dates back to December 27th. And then on January 1st at 4.55 a.m., how long before a body starts to smell? 4.58 a.m., how to keep a body from decomposing? 5.20 a.m., how to bind a body? 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose of a body if you really need to. 6.25 a.m., how long uh, for someone to be missing to inherit? So this definitely leads to financial, um, their financial implications Follow there. money. Yes. <laughs> yep. um, can you throw away body parts? But these are all spread out. It's not like he's spam, spamming Google all at no, once. No, it starts at 4.55 a.m., which and is ironically- 9.30 a.m. What does formaldehyde do? I mean, oh, my God. Piece of work. But here's what I, I wanted to point out, too, is right. So 4.55 a.m., that's 25 minutes after she was allegedly last seen. He starts with this, how long till a body starts to smell? So he definitely was, probably murdered her already and is figuring out what to do. Or as not. these searches go along up until 1.21 p.m. that day, because that's how spread out they are. The yep. last one on that day is, is it better yep. to put crime scene clothes away or wash and or wash them? I feel like we're literally following step by step exactly. what he's that's doing. That's my point. He's following us. Step by step as yeah. he's doing it. What's the next step in how to murder somebody? Yeah. Step 20, you douchebag. You don't fucking type it into Google or whatever. You're like, what an idiot. So then we have oh. more though. It's not just. <laughs> um, so, I mean, is the hacksaw the best tool to dismember? Um, can you be charged for murder without a body? That one was at 1.14 p.m. Didn't they find what? a hacksaw in the basement? They- they didn't know in the trash, trash. And then one of those trash but before okay so before he they find these google searches the the january 2nd is when he goes to the home depot right and pays the 450 dollars in cash or whatever yep. it was 400 dollars. yep uh hacksaw was not one of the things he bought <laughs> he right? must have had a hacksaw he must have just must had one on hand. had one already because he bought a hatchet oh my god hacksaw yeah um yeah, I mean, can baking soda make a body smell good? That was his last one oh, at 1 20 p.m. Oh my God. Can you identify a body with broken teeth? Can That's you be really charged sad. with murder without a body? Yeah. The next day, January 3rd, what happens to hair on a dead body? Yeah. 
What is the rate of decomposition of a body found in a plastic bag compared to on surface in the woods? Wow. That's an oddly specific search. And also the thing that makes me really creeped out and sad all at the same time is he's home alone with these children. Yeah. And he is, so now we're on Wednesday and he's wondering what happens to hair on a dead body. So he's not going about his day, taking care of his kids. Who? No, like he, I'm sorry. I I cut you off and I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't hear what you said. No, I said, what makes me really sad is we're now to January 3rd and he's not done anything with the body. So he started this nonsense at 4.55 a.m. on January 1st. And by January 3rd at 1.20 p.m., he's still wondering what to do with this body. Yeah. And if, if if we're following that, yeah, he this is tracking. His, his Google searches, right? His, his Google like, searches track the breaking. actions he was taking. Okay, well, so yeah, let's get to that. So he was talking, they, they found evidence in the basement, right? Mm-hmm. Is where they found this other evidence, body tissue evidence and blood and stuff. So, which we'll get to what they found there and stuff. But theoretically- that's where he could have had her and the yeah. kids weren't going down there. I I, I yeah. mean, the thought of it, of her dead body being in the, in the it's very basement while he's up there just going about his daily life, making grilled cheese for the kids. Like it's disturbing. Right. But as we've learned over and over again, that these things happen and you know, the Chris yeah. Watts case are just thinking you know, people living their lives as though nothing right. happened. It's just disgusting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just takes a special sociopath to be. Able I guess to. we can say, thank God, at this moment that it was not a family side, like familiar side, like the way that Chris Watts Correct. did the kids and mm-hmm. stuff too. Yes. At least, I mean, speculation, whatever. I don't know. It's only her. I don't, that sounds really bad. I don't want to say it's only her. Right. You're awful. not trying to be insensitive. You're just saying, no, like, yeah, the I'm trying to saved. say, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. I get what you're saying. So. Um, yeah, so this timeline um, is interesting that it starts with the Google searches on December 27th, and that coincides with also her selling off some rental properties that she owns. So she had invested in some rental properties in the Massachusetts area, and she had um, tenants that were leasing from her. And on December 29th, she sold she had sold a couple properties very recently at the end of the year. Um and she had sold and made quite a bit of money on those rental properties. And they did interview the, the her tenants who said that it was very abrupt. They were sold without really any notice. And um, that Anna, or Anna was acting very strange. Um, and that was, the closing of that was on the 29th. Um, and she was, she did have, I want to say 80 to $90,000 that she made on that, like the sale of that um, particular condo. Um, so it seemed to be that she was getting her ducks in the row to make a move here. It also coincides oh. with, um, I saw on a friend of hers was commenting on Reddit saying, I'm a friend of hers. Um, she had rooms set up for those boys in DC. She was planning on moving the boys here as soon as possible. There's um, the motive. The that's an interesting that's a really interesting theory and because she had also thought that he that whole fraud case was going to be tied up with a bow and that he was going to go to prison. Um, so but she was going to leave him 
it got delayed. So I think she was waiting for him to go away so she could take the kids and move to DC and start her new and life. And then he maybe got wind of this and his his money ticket was going to leave. And so he couldn't let that happen. Mm-hmm. And his, yeah, his precious and male ego his of trial her- was delayed. And that, and apparently the friend, allegedly the friend said on Reddit, that Anna wasn't made aware of these delays until mid-December. The delays in the fraud case, the art fraud case. In the fraud case, case, that like her, like her ability to move on. um, Okay, so this is a a really, that's really interesting information about the selling of the condos, the rental properties and stuff. That does, because if you, I mean, it fits the spy theory too, theoretically, I guess. Um, that, spy theory's out. That was just like an interesting yeah. anecdote. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. No, she, I'm not saying she's spy. It it sounds like. I mean, if there was domestic violence in this situation, which it sounds like, there's plausible. Yes, at least superficially. At first, it sounds. It looks like there's evidence to 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 follow that 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 might be true. Uh, she was getting her ducks in a row, selling this stuff, get to get all her money, get her stuff and get out. He maybe somehow got word of it and then couldn't let that happen. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, he has no job. He's obviously, you know, in trouble with the art dealing fraud and he's his back to his corner. His yeah. yeah, he's back to, he has nothing left. He has nothing to, you know, he can't do anything The other big piece of this that we haven't discussed is his history yeah let's talk about him so (laughs) i've seen a little bit more about him so he's the only child of and his parents got divorced when he was quite young but his father was the chief neurologist at one of the um, biggest hospitals in massachusetts um, which is a huge job um, his father was quite eclectic from what I've read, divorced his mother, I think when Brian was three or so okay. and led, um, kind of an alternative lifestyle, ended up moving in with a man was like a huge partier, um, an art collector as well. Um, bought and sold several massive houses, was always traveling and ended up dying on a trip when he was, I want to say he was in India in 2018. Oh, wow. Um, sick while he was traveling um and so one of the interesting things the backstory there is that um a while back he his father had lent brian 500 grand to renovate a house in lennox massachusetts and brian did the renovation and flipped the house and never paid his father back literally sold the house closed on the house and never called the money Kept the money and never spoke to his father again. <gasps> then ten years later, his father passes away and leaves Brian out of the will. So his only son, divorced, leaves Brian out of the will, says, I wish you well in the will. And leaves, I guess, a cousin or someone to be the administrator. Well, so Brian kind of goes ballistic and damages the will, I guess, with water. Like somehow. That's going to invalidate it? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Crazy. We didn't say he was smart. Um, But then goes in and starts liquidating his father's estate, which contained like really like original art and sold all like he had no right to go in and take possession of his father's 
um, estate and property. So that was a whole thing. So he was being brought up on charges for that. I was going to say that his estate couldn't bring an action against him. Correct. So that was a whole thing too. Um, and friends of the father had stepped in when that was going on um, to say, yeah, the whole situation was fucked. It was so bizarre. Like he was just seemed to be so money hungry. And I saw his middle school yearbook page. Somebody posted it on Reddit and it was one of those like where you make your own, you know, so he's around my age. So like back in the day, like you designed your own yearbook page and it was like <laughs> a picture of him in the middle and like the quotes all around it. Oh yeah. Of, yeah. I remember all that. that right. Yeah. Um, and all of his quotes had to do with money. And like how he's going to be so successful, like everything just leads to like, this kid is all about flash and greed and status. And he's what, 13 years old. It's like his middle school yearbook. Oh God, middle school. Yeah. Like it's definitely, I mean, it's interesting. Um, Definitely. Do we know how they met? So when I read, I read it a couple different takes on it, but she was working at a hotel in West. Oh yeah. 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 And he was renovating, flipping that house. Okay. Okay. And I think he was at an event at her hotel. Okay. And they They connected that way. Okay. Because I know a lot of people are going to say what I'm thinking, which is he married way above his station. Oh yeah. He totally outkicked his coverage on that. Physically. Yes. But I think he put on an air that he was something right. His dad was this very prominent neurologist at the top hospital in Massachusetts and like that's a big deal and a big job and he came from a lot and if he's a con man they're often very charismatic yeah exactly they're so good at it and look at the tender swindler he got thousands of dollars he's not attractive (laughs) totally and his mother sold her condo for over five million dollars in downtown Boston um there was definitely a lot of family money there. And he was, there was he no shortage of, of lifestyle. <laughs> he didn't get any of it. None of it was his. He earned zero on his own, but he definitely put a front of like, he, he was kind of the American dream, right? Like he had all the nice cars and the nice trips and he was flipping this beautiful house and yeah, but he was a, he was a con artist. Mm. Another mediocre white man syndrome. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there's just so much. There's so much to this that, like, I'm just blown away. I mean, I guess, I guess it seems to me like a lot of theories could be out there. Um, oh, oh, let's talk about the, the the what they found in the in the the basement and what he bought at Home Depot. So I don't have the list in front of me of the Home okay, Depot. I do. Okay, the Home Depot, they have, the supplies that he bought included mops, a bucket, goggles, tarps, a hatchet, and baking soda. Oh, wow, a lot of the things he was Googling. Well, the the, the, the next day is when he Googled, can you, can baking soda mask or make a body smell good? I also saw that he bought a Tyvek suit and a lot of plastic, um, yes, draw, like, he bought a Tyvek suit, like the hazmat suit yeah. thing, yep. boot covers, buckets. So I think it's safe to say at this point that he probably, unfortunately, did something to her body in the basement, right? Right. Because I mean, between the tools, body, DNA, tissue, right. stuff that they're testing. And it'd be interesting to know if when he did throw away 
uh, all those trash bags and they, maybe they, maybe they did find body parts. They just haven't disclosed it yet. They haven't maybe, disclosed it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so we don't know yet, but I think he probably, oh, poor, it's so sad. Such so a sad. She yeah. was tiny. I mean, she was five foot two and 115 pounds. He's not a small man. <laughs> um, you know, just like, that's just, I keep thinking of that power dynamic and, it seems to me that this was not very well thought out or planned out, that it seems to be that he snapped and found himself with a murdered wife. You know what I mean? Like, Well, just, if he was a domestic violence abuser, yes. it's entirely possible if he gets in a fight with her, this is of course all speculation, everyone. Right. If he gets in a fight with her, and some or, or or finds out that she's planning on leaving something like something happens right where something tips him off they get in a fight about it he starts doing something physical to her and takes it too far on accident and then right. has to figure out how to deal with it and that's his googling as it goes along exactly because i mean if he had planned it out i think there'd be a lot more evidence in advance that shows that the steps that he would have been like planning as far as how he was going to murder her or, or whatnot. But yeah, like you said, I mean, it's step by step, like as though it's happening, what do I do next? What do I do what next? I, yeah. Or, you know, it's a little bit uh, the unlike, interest- unlike the, the evidence are finding in the Idaho college student murders, which right. we're also following and covering yeah. um, that they're, they're starting, they're finding more and more evidence that indicates that this was premeditated in his mm-hmm. case. Cause like he was, um, you know, all the, the evidence of his, his car being by the, the house that his phone pinging by the house. He was clearly, you know, stock quote unquote stalking somebody. Right. Um, there's, there's, I heard, I haven't had it independently confirmed, but people magazine was reporting to court, the court TV people that, um, he had allegedly messaged one of the people, one of the victims on Instagram, he had like slid into her DMS and it was one of those, Hey, Hey, and she never responded, but it was like he kept trying. And so there's indica- evidence indicating there that that's premeditated. There was a lot of premeditation happening in this. With this, with Anna Walsh, with Brian Walsh, it seems, yeah, like you said, Amy, like he snapped. That he snapped. Um, and then he's trying to clean up his mess. Because the other interesting thing is that, that you know, his previous crimes would lead one to believe that he's kind of a sophisticated, at least a con man, right? Like art theft seems a little bit more um, premeditated, a little bit more sophisticated. You gotta be smart and intelligent, kind of savvy. Right. So I think, I think that that was kind of leading people down some wild paths. Like if he was in the art theft world, like he didn't just, snap and murder his wife and then try to deal with it after the fact there had to have been something more to this story which is the craziest thing that we're learning that there was nothing more to it like he did not have the plan it's did she have yeah. any life insurance policies taken out against the other thing? things people have been searching the the reddit sleuths have been searching and hadn't found anything yet i did search that and the afternoon. cops haven't said anything about okay. that okay. and the cops haven't said anything um she did have proceeds from, she had owned multiple properties that she had just sold. Um, all the real estate was in her name. None of it was in his name. She was the one making the money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it sounds like she was liquidating her assets yeah, there. Yeah, she was liquidating her assets. She sold the house uh-huh. that was in her name. Yeah. Moving to D.C. So, yeah, it's just that's the craziest part. It seems like the, the art theft con man, that the story just doesn't add But, up. you know, as we were, we started this story off with his art heist, whatever, background. And the first thing we were saying is how dumb is this guy? Right. Because his, yeah. his, his scheme to defraud the Andy Warhol art world didn't, it was not very good. Although good enough to get them to buy the prints, but not good enough to like, you know, uh, make it convincing. Yeah. Like he just wanted a quick buck, but versus. And he got away with it for quite a while. Like it didn't catch up with him for a while. He ended up making he 80 grand, thought- he ended up paying 30 grand back and then still owed. You know, so he made it out with 50 grand and he kind of ran with it for a while. And it didn't, you know, it took a while to catch him. Um, so maybe he thought that he was getting away with it. You right. Know? Exactly. But he does seem pretty dumb. I mean, but like, so, but, but so he would have to be very charming and very charismatic to even get partway through these, these scams that it seems like were a quick buck, you know, he didn't, you know, maybe we'll find out more, but it doesn't seem like it was really as deep or as complicated as other scams that you hear about. Right. Um, That, you know, so it seems like maybe he's like, semi-smart but he's not all the way smart you know like he's got just enough information to think that he knows more than he knows right and he's very charismatic so he relies on that yeah and obviously that got him through the door i I keep thinking back to his smirk coming out of the police station as he's going to that first arraignment Mm -hmm. the smirk makes me think that like definitely like it just makes the hairs in your back and your neck stand up but it mm-hmm. also makes you think the smirk makes you think that like he thinks he's outsmarted like oh yeah that, you know that he's gonna get away with this and then you look at all i mean you google it on your kid's ipad like this is insane what do you think you're getting away with this did is you really lose your phone now. or you know because he could have i mean if this guy is as dumb as a box of rocks he could well, probably found it under a pillow <laughs> What? We found it. It was hidden oh. under a pillow. Oh, okay. And then, so then there's like the the Reddit sleuth that are like, "There's no way this is the story." Like he's getting framed. Like there has to be more to it, right? <laughs> um, but I don't think there is. I think this it's just well, truly... you know Occam's razor, right? Like the simplest answer, yeah. simplest yeah. explanation can sometimes be it, and sometimes it isn't any more diabolical than that. You yeah. know, if you could have, I mean, like not for nothing, but if you know someone named Brian watch yourself right <laughs> oh right because the idaho guy is brian goldberg brian laundry <gasps> i mean we're like we're on a roll with brian's here oh my god i'm sorry yeah. to all the brian's out there that might be listening but mm, you're they're yeah. doing your right now yeah i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't be uh shack shacking up next to a brian anytime no. soon i mean i'm not going to anyway <laughs> Sleeping with one eye open. (laughs) So Lexi, don't go dating any Bryans. I'm not dating anyone ever. So we're good. (laughs) Not that you have time between everything that's happening. Um but um yeah. 
no, all these crimes and and all these, you know, criminal shows I've been watching and stuff have actually made me terrified of not just dating, but just going out in the world. I'm like with my daughter, I'm always watching, I'm getting gas, I'm watching my back. I mean, we lived through the DC sniper. You had to always watch your back when you're getting gas and everything. And I still do that to this day. The sniper completely terrorized me. And I just, I'm always looking. Is that always why you have Charlie? No, but I just love Charlie. But no, that's not exactly why. But Charlie's um, her dog. <laughs> yeah, he was actually trying to jump during the podcast on the screen. Charlie, so. I could tell you were looking at him. <laughs> the struggle was real. Um, Charlie, Charlie just turned four yesterday. He did. Oh, um, 80 pounds of it's him. It's also named Charlie. I have a Charlie. Oh, it's a good name. Oh, unlike Brian, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Charlie's good. Brian's bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. <I> know. <laughs> you know everyone. Um, um, for yeah, a while, so there. I guess the next step is this court date is set. I want to say for February 8th or 9th. That's this next is a status hearing, which probably isn't going to be a whole lot. Something like this. I mean, he already entered a plea at the arraignment. Um, so yeah, this next will be a status hearing, you know, they'll, I don't know what, what, what they could come to. I mean, a case this big with this much evidence and stuff, there's nothing, not going to be any status update, but they'll do that. The judge will have a status hearing every month or every couple months or something like that until it goes to trial. If it goes to trial, if he doesn't plea out, who knows? Cause he's got the federal case too. God only knows. What he's is so ar- I, I, this is all story, but he's so arrogant that I could just see him not listening to any sort of defense counsel, and he won't take a plea deal. Like I don't. I think he's too arrogant to even too arrogant to think. I think he's really thinks he's going to get off just by like how he's presenting himself. I'm like, yeah. this guy is. Oh, pretty- I wanted to make a comment about the arraignment too. When um, when it starts, the defense attorney says we. We 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 don't like we don't dis- dispute the PC the probable cause and we don't dispute um the indictment or whatever it was that they said. Um she was like, Yeah, or bail, we're not contesting bail, we're not contesting probable cause. It was her feeble. I mean, she has to do it because it's her job, but she knew it wasn't gonna go anywhere. But it was her feeble attempt to keep the public the, the probable cause out of the public record. <laughs> but then the judge was like, No, I'd like to hear it because then they read it into the record. She was reading it into the record. Much like in the Idaho case, the probable cause affidavit um, came out when he got extradited to Idaho, then they could unseal it and give him that information. Um, So this is just another way. This is Cohasset's way of doing this. And how close is this just for those of us who are geographically challenged and may or may not dislike anything Boston because fuck the patriots right. yeah um but <laughs> how where's like where is cohasset and like if you're got the whole here's massachusetts and the little thing okay so know. cohasset is in relation 19, to boston 19 miles south of boston okay um right so it's people think based on the name that it's probably on the cape because it sounds like it might be on the cape but it's not it's um it's 19 miles south of boston right on the water okay um and interesting thing about his defense attorney is he was arrested at her house. That's where he, that's where they detained him. Okay. And um, of course I did a little research on that. She yes, lives, you did. 
right down the river for me. So my, my house sits on a little like back river and I could kayak to her dock (laughs) where he was. And I just randomly, when I was leaving, I was leaving my house that day to go, um, North to my apartment. And I just, I could have, I can go either way, like left or right out of my driveway. And I chose to go left. Had I gone right, I would have driven right by him coming out of her house. Wow. Um, Yeah. In, oh, in good. Time. So you live yeah. right down the street from the defense attorney. Okay. I do. I live right down the street from the defense attorney. It's on attorney. the ground. Wow. Yeah, right. It's on the ground. Yeah. Yes. This is our, what do they call it? Reporter on the street or, you know. It's on the ground. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, um, <sighs> fascinating. We'll see if we can get you a press pass for the. Uh, I know, right. <laughs> for the, get you press credentials uh, for, for the, the hearings and stuff, send you, send you in there. Um, is there anything else that we need to know about this right now? Like any, anything else that's out right now? Um, the saddest thing is that the three kids are in state custody. No one's come forward. He was an only child. Um, his mother has been sick. Her mother is in Serbia and she has a sister that lives in Toronto. Um, no one has come forward to take custody of those three kids. Um, oh. and they're in state custody right oh, now. That's awful. Um, I did hear that two of her friends, I think from the DC area, other moms have been trying to get their stuff together to take that to foster them. Um, they uh. want to keep them together. But that's never, I mean, that's just the saddest part. I mean, the real losers in this whole situation are those three boys. They're now left yeah. with no parents. Yeah. Um, you know, he's never coming out of jail and she's gone. So that is really the saddest part of all of it. And they're so young. Yeah. Um, and it's also horrible. like the trauma, what did those ki- kids see? Because yeah. they were home alone with him. And I don't know. I guess more will come out with the details of that day or those couple of days, but he was home alone with the three kids and yeah. Where, where were the kids while he was at home Depot? Like who was, That's what I, that was going to be my question. Was yeah. Where were the kids? Yeah. And we have, I mean, we, we, we talk about like the mom helped, you know, with the caregiving, but mom can't take the kids now because she had a stroke. Right. So yeah like where where were the kids i'm just did you leave them by yourself did you have he didn't have them on the surveillance video with no. him so did he like yeah i don't know and that information has not come out so that it's definitely really sad and i think where now i mean this town has been flipped upside down um and people and the, the oldest one did go to the public school here in town and okay. um you know, he's, he was in first grade and, um, you know, so people knew him from, I mean, I think the kids were more known in this town than the parents were, but I mean, that's just a sad, what a sad situation in a very small town, um, to just know that these kids are now in state custody and going into the Mm -hmm. system. Like that's just really, that's the biggest tragedy, tragedy of it all. So, yeah. So, um, we will um, be sure to be following up with this. We've got the status hearing. If anything else before the status hearing comes up, breaks or whatever, we will. Um, Amy, I hope you would join us again. We'd love to have you on. Sure. Continue Anytime. to update us on this story. Um, and um, if not before then, 
then we'll talk about the status hearing when that happens. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Thanks for joining us. And you guys, um, thanks for tuning in and we will be sure to keep, uh, keep you updated. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, fraudcasters. You know, I used to find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. They were the first thing to take off when I got home. But Skims has changed all that. You guys know I love my Skims Fits Everybody t-shirt bras. I own them in just about every shade now. I wear them every single day when I leave the house. And they are completely worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I was not expecting from them was how comfortable they are. Even the underwire bras that I wear all day, I barely even notice. Definitely not the first thing I take off when I come home anymore. Y'all, I'm a 36 double D and I've had a reduction and I've gone up and down and lost weight and gained weight and all the things. And the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, I swear, fits me the best. I finally found a t-shirt bra that I can wear. But not only that, it is the best bra that I own. It holds the girls in so well. And let me just say, Hetero Life Mate really appreciates these bras too. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes from a 30A to a 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, please be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show, The Fraudcast, in the drop-down menu that follows.